Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh Show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh Show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. It's Monty and the Pharaoh. 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 Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty. And the feral. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Gennetti, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff and we gonna rock it. number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Nefaro is seen only here in Huntington, New York, live from Rockstar Studios, live from Village Connection Radio at the helm is Stephen Miller. hey Is that a surprise? Is that a surprise? <laughs> and to the right is the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? Hello. And over across is Mr. J.J. McGuire. J.J. McGuire, thanks for joining us. And Wisteria Hall's own Bart Griggs. Bartman! Off camera is Scott Casey. Scott, how are you? Still kicking. Still kicking. (laughs) And then the guest of honor, none other than Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, Hillbilly Jim. Spoken in my best Hillbilly accent, Long Island. (laughs) Oh, look at Long Island, too. Okay. I had a few of them at Nassau Coliseum in my time. That's well, what I was I about to say. What I you? used to live at Coliseum out of Union. Is that Uniondale? Uniondale. Yeah. Uniondale. I used to remember back in, um, big thing about that, I, I, I loved the Nets, uh, the, the New Jersey. New Jersey Nets. When Dr. J was there, man, they were bad. Long Island. You, yeah. know, you were here during that time? No, I remember them. Oh, I remember because, that, that basketball yeah. team. Oh, yeah. From down in Kentucky, you had the Kentucky Colonels. That's right. So they had a big rivalry kind of thing yes, going down did. there with... Uh, the Colonels with Dan Issel and uh, mm-hmm. you know and Gilmore, mm-hmm. Ernest Gilmore, yeah. and, 
And man, those were the days that those that ABA that ABA basketball. That mm-hmm. was my thing, man. Yeah. Of course, uh, McGuire knows he's a Kentucky boy down there. We know how bad that Kentucky bleeds down there basketball. The Blue Nation. They're crazy about that Blue basketball. Nation. Were you, you a basketball guy? I was. You're a tall I, played, guy. I, I, I was first team All State in Kentucky, and I had wow. about thirty five college scholarships. I went. To, I finally went up going to four or five different schools. It they just didn't seem to work for me, but I got to stop at a different lot of different schools and. Uh, and hang out for a while there, and until I realized that that it wasn't cut out for me, you know. I played a little bit, of, a little bit of pro ball for a little bit in Europe over there in the European Basketball League. I played in Belgium for a while. I got me a, got me an agent one time out of Chicago, a guy named uh, his name was Rudoy. I heard Rudoy. He was a big time agent for European Basketball. And I went over to try to do that, but that didn't work for me. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I tried it and tried out for the Seventy Sixers one time. How'd that go? Good. I kept kept me till I was walking there. I, I stayed. They had a kid named Steve Mix. You remember that guy? Yep. Steve Mix. He was the token white guy. He jumped back that high, maybe you know, on a good day. Right. Maybe that high, right? No, good player from Toledo or somewhere, right? That's him. And they kept him around because he was a good PR guy in town. Because he was white. They need the white guy. They need a white guy. That. Yeah, you told. I got it. I I, I wouldn't man, but he's a good player. But he was he was. I think he was a college all American. Hmm. But I, I was in the camp that he was in, and uh, of course they were going to keep him because they'd already drafted him. Mm. But anyway, you know, it's just funny how, how things, how the whole circle of things go around. And Being residents of Kentucky yeah. and remembering the Kentucky Colonel days, I know that the college team is more than self-sufficient. You guys long for a professional team to return? Well, they've got that big, huge, gigantic center there called the Young Center in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which is a big albatross. The only thing that supports it primarily is... University of Louisville basketball and whatever they can have there, and it's they say it would if it was in the pro circuit it would probably be the first or maybe the second best arena right in the whole NBA now right and you know it's funny that um, they didn't have a pro basketball team there because when John Y Brown was the guy that owned the Kentucky Colonels they sold it you know that's when that's when the NBA merged with them and took took a few of those teams four of them they kind of wish they yeah. stayed because I believe Louisville would probably at least be right. as good a fan base or better than uh, Memphis mm-hmm. or probably Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, but I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's going to be hard to get over University of Kentucky basketball. Yep. So tell but, me, how do we get from uh, basketball to pro wrestling? Well, I mean, I've always been a, 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 an athlete and worked out in gyms and been around guys, and I started meeting guys in gyms and uh, in, in Kentucky and got a few people that kind of, uh, you know, I always watched pro wrestling. That was in the days when you'd watch it on the weekends only. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on five, six times during the week, right? No. And you could only see it maybe 30, 40 minutes a weekend, Scott. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and boy, I would it. was special. It. Yeah, it was a special deal. It was, yeah. and, 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 then, and then it finally, it started, it took off on that super, super station out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started noticing... Uh, Georgia Championship wrestling. Mm. And that's when I started noticing the caliber of men that was in there. I said, I mean, they weren't just like, they didn't look just like guys you'd see out there mowing the yard. Wrestling, <laughs> like in some of the territories we'd see. These guys looked like that. Jimmy Snooker was down there and Orndorff was a young guy. There was a lot of guys. There was guys that were really physical. Yeah, they got kind of attracted me to it. Butch Reed was there. Mm. Uh, Ron, uh, yeah. Ron Simmons and those guys, they all come through there. And, and so that's what kind of got me on that road. And then I ran into a few people and uh, got a little advice from some guys. And it didn't take me very long to get in. A friend of Scott's and I is a, a Bruce Swayze, a Canadian guy by God way of Kentucky. Him. He, uh, he kind of gave me a, a, a little bit of mentoring and got me going. And then I broke in down there with a guy that's, that's not alive anymore. He, uh, J.J., you might remember this guy from over around the Russell Springs, Kentucky, uh, 
a guy named Dale Mann. Yes, he's sir. got he's got a kind of had a little territory. He approached me one day at a theater. I'd been to the university, West Kentucky University that day, me and a couple buddies of mine, having my workout, and we went to a movie that afternoon and this guy walked up to me and he said, Hey, my name is Dale Mann and he said, My son Mike sees you at West Kentucky University all the time in the gym working out and he said, I wanna wonder if you were thinking about getting in Russell. I said, Well, you know, I've thought about that before and I pursued it a little bit on a couple occasions. But never really went anywhere. Yes, I would. So we made arrangements that very day. Within a week or ten, I started doing working out with him, and that's kind of what got me going. And then everything just fell in. I didn't have to. I didn't have to tarry real long time, and uh, go to a lot of different territories, which was good for me because a lot of people hadn't seen me before, and so I didn't have to spend a long, long time getting my break. Mm-hmm. And when I got my foot in my door, I just stayed with it, guys. Where does Orton Senior come into the picture? Bob Orton, uh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh I, I just loved him. He just just was one of my. Well, he was just kind of a hero to me, you know. Okay. And, and uh, was he one of the guys you patterned yourself? Uh, well, uh, not not really. I just kind of, I just kind of, I kind of knew of him. I, I took the hillbilly fame was just. <laughs> that's some kind of, you know, uh, who puts in for a hillbilly gimmick? Nobody. I mean, you know, you want something slick. <laughs> you, you would. Long Island hillbilly. But you know, you want, but but in that day, you just got to get your foot in the door. You know, I, I first went to Memphis with his buddy Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. and I was done. I did I did a character, a gimmick, gimmick called called Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's cool, and I love doing Harley because I had a I had a tag team partner, a real tough guy named Roger Smith, and they called him Dirty Roads. And when I say tough guy, this guy was tough. I mean, they'd have to call SWAT to come get him out of his house every once in a while okay. for different things he would do. But anyway, I loved the guy, and. Uh, I loved doing that, but when I got my chance to get into the WWF at that time, well, you can't merchandise Harley Davidson. Try that and see how long that lasts. Mm-hmm. So they threw that away. So I went from being an outlaw biker guy to they said, well, Chief J. Strombo said, you, 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 says, we haven't had a wheel, we haven't had a hillbilly in a while. We've had an Italian Indian, but we've had an Hey, bite your tongue. How dare you say that about Joe Scarpa? Scarpa Littlefoot. Chief Mozzarella. Oh, I'm proud to tell you. Chief Mozzarella. Hey, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And the whole deal was, the whole deal was, he'd come down so quick with George Scott and him and Vince and myself and we're talking that evening after they saw me work a little bit for a little match that I did in, I think it was New Haven, Connecticut. And we realized, we, we created it right there. We realized, we got to do something else. And Chief said, there hadn't been a hillbilly. Well, I guess he was thinking about Haystacks Calhoun, and mm-hmm. he was thinking about the scuffling hillbillies. And I told those guys, I said, well, you know, I'm not a hillbilly. But I know a lot of hillbillies, and I can damn sure be a hillbilly. <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. So that's really where it was. And and, he, and and I'll fast forward past that a little bit. That was funny. Well, I want I want to stand Chief J Strongbow for a bit. We've had some guys in here, and oh, he, oh boy, they're not big fans of Chief J. They said he was very vindictive. He hated me because of my jewelry. He actually Jay wanted me. He didn't hate me, but Jay actually wanted me to drive to the damn towns. Now, how are you going to drive from Portland, Oregon to Sarasota, Florida, and then the next night shoot back up to Austin, Oh, so he was Utah? booking you. Well, no, no, no. Okay. He wanted me to be in character all the time, like it was in the old days of the business, when we had to protect the business. And, you know, like, go to downtown New York and look up at skyscrapers and go, <laughs> Wee, doggies, that show is... Well, Man, that's, that's a mighty tall building. Up there. We always granny could see that, you know. And, I mean, all that's cool, but... For us to get to these buildings we got to, you got to go to the airport. 
So we had, they wanted that to real that real wrestling kayfabe thing to be, mm, and we couldn't yeah. do that so much. So he was, but I love Chief. He was good to me. He always told me, "You, you, 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 you take all that jewelry off of you." He said, "You take that home when you go home." He said, "You'll be able to buy Fort Knox." You know, he he would say a lot of good things. He used to say some things to me that would get you mad, and you could you could hate on him if you wanted to. But he would always say stuff to me like, "It ain't how much money you make; it's how much money you save." Right. He'd say things that were really good, you know. He'd yeah, say yeah. things to me that I really, I really picked. Now he could be mean, and he could be really evil to you, and he could put you into some teases if he didn't like you. If you got on his bad side, since he had a lot of, he had a lot of pull at the officer, he could turn it. So his rep is somewhat. Wonderful. Oh yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Right. But you know, brothers, I had a deal about me and Scott can tell you, Jimmy. I never got no heat with nobody. You never hear nobody say anything bad because I treat everybody the same, man. Like I ain't down with that crap, man. I'm just, I'm here to make my money and do my thing. I move on through. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Let me get myself and go on, move on. You know, because I was looking for something to do when I started doing this. That was my way. I took and I knew that I had a opportunity to get in that business, and that's why I knew it was my it was my duty to reach out and grab as much of as I could, whatever that meant. If that meant money, good. If it meant uh, fame or if it meant notoriety, whatever. Because I knew it wasn't going to last long. Because nothing lasts long. And there's nothing sadder than to see somebody stay around too mm. long. Well, you were, so you, you were get along type of guy, right? So we had that a, hat's we, working for me, you were, there, brother. Well, that's that's, that's the gimmick. You uh, are the man. Uh, you are the man. Duh, man. We had, we had, duh, man. We had Animal in here, and he was pretty. We, we've got a couple. We have Evan Ginsberg, who has a show he wrote, the uh, was an associate producer for The Wrestler, and 350 Days. I don't know if you wear those yeah. movies. Uh, he's a big proponent for professional wrestlers having you know insurance and pensions and yada, yada, yada. We had uh -oh. a discussion with Animal today uh, about that particular thing, and he feels that the WWE should start ponying up money, and we had a discussion about unionizing. Were you around at the time when Ventura was trying to unionize yeah, you guys? Absolutely. And what would what was your deal with that? Is this still working? Did I mess this up because it came off of me? Am I okay? I'll just hold it here. Listen, man, here's my deal. That would have been nice if we had a union, and I know Jesse got a lot of heat, but that's been tried many many times oh, in the yeah. business. And it always gets shot down like the Hindenburg, man. Right. I mean, them promoters will pull the rug out of money, you'll be gone. My whole deal is, as I look back upon it now, I was a big boy when I got in the business, and I was a big boy as I was in the business, and I realized this ain't going to last forever. So I knew my duty. I was We were called what's called independent contractors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I realized it's my duty, Scott Casey, to save my money. It's my duty to pay my taxes. I ain't going to bitch and moan, but somebody ain't done me. I don't care. If that's your bag and you want to do it, good. Hey, listen, I feel this way. They don't owe me nothing. The business don't owe me anything. I'm not mad. Now, if I get something, and I'll be honest with you, brothers, I still get merchandising checks about every two, three months of a residual. As, as, as you and, should. And listen, every time I do, sometimes I'd be, sometimes there'll be a nice one, JJ. Sometimes it won't be much. But I'll be thinking, man, as long as I've been out of business, they don't have to do that for me if they mm. don't want to. Mm. I'm grateful that they did. So I was one of those kind of guys that realized I have to look after myself, Okay. When they were doing that, now it would be nice to be a part of an insurance. It'd be like kind of like getting Social Security when you get older, mm -hmm. or getting you know Medicare or something paid. That'd be nice, but you have to go into it knowing it's not going to happen because it's not been there when you got there. And if you, if it changes while you're there, then you're lucky you got in at the right time. But I went on and tried to make those provisions for myself because I didn't I didn't want to be one of those. I don't want to be bitter. Okay, I don't want to be bitter and run around bitching my own. Oh shoot! Look, man, listen. 
everything, everybody makes more money now than we did. I wrestled one time 63 straight nights. 63. All over the nation. And I flew 53 of the 63 nights. These boys don't do that now. Mm -hmm. And I ain't mad because these kids that are doing it now are sweet kids. Every time I'm around them, they're nice to me. Listen, I'm not saying... Oh, it was better in my day than it is now. It was just the best it was at that day because the old-timers before us, some of them were kind of vindictive, Scott can tell you. And they would be kind of mad at you. And they'd be hating on you, you know. I didn't want to be that. And that's why these young boys now don't hate on us so much because we never treated them like that. I'm always nice to those guys, you know. And... Uh, and, and and I just realized, you know, you just get what you get out of it. If you if you if you if you get a if you if you get a good character and you get a good run out of it, it's your duty to look after yourself. You know, that's the reason when I knew I knew coming in this business that it wasn't going to last that long. Because right. I don't want to be around. Look at anybody that's been around this business very long and see what they look like. Mm. Look at see how their life winds up. They're not all they're not all rainbows and fairy tales like Scott Casey, a beautiful man. Or look at that look at that man, <laughs> twisted steel and sex appeal, so good looking. He's almost unreal i'm telling you right oh, now look at him the cat's meow he's a tampa bay fan i don't know man what? <laughs> i lived down there for a few years oh okay. he's a buck right. you're forgiven then scott he is well everybody every other person was an old fart just like me <laughs> sorry if i'm not supposed to say well that's what you that's say what you want that's what happens in florida that's where that's where they go that's where we all go we want to go down there <laughs> I think we're scheduled to go. So, no, not yet. I'm not there yet. Don't push me along. Sorry. So, Jim, you get into WWE or WWF when it started starting to make that turn, and Vince is looking to take over. Are you aware this that Vince is going to try to make these moves? Is he informing you guys that he's ready to start knocking all the territories out? I've said this many times. Yes, to answer your question, but the big deal is I'd rather be lucky than good, right, McGuire? Yeah, now, listen, you can go out here and earn two or three million dollars, work your butt off, and get it. But I'd rather find a suitcase where some guy dropped it off for, his, <laughs> for Antonio, you know, and I just had to intercept it. So I got, I was born in the right decade. Right. Jimmy McGuire, yeah. Jimmy McGuire, JJ, and our buddy, uh, the mouth of the South, the Colonel Jimmy Hart, says it right. We got woven into the fabric of America. Those mm. guys in the 80s. Mm. Somehow or another, we come along at the magical time. Right. Listen, yeah. I was so lucky I was on the right side of history in that deal. I got to be with the first WrestleManias and the first merchandise and mm -hmm. the action figures and all the stuff that come along around it. And I just got to be into something that was very good, and I was so happy. I saw what he was doing with it, and I was just so happy that I was along for the ride. Because, you know, in, in, in our day... When the WWF shows come to town, it was like the circus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They didn't worry about, we don't go out there and sell time. We didn't go out there and do 30, 40 minutes, like I told Scott, because they had so many names on the ledger. You just went out there and did Hillbilly Jim stuff. I didn't go out there and do Hogan stuff. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to go out there and be too smart and wise up too much, start doing backdrops and, uh, and uh, you know, less Thornton moves. No, I didn't do that. I just did Hillbilly Jim stuff. Where you, where you don't ever really get too good. You don't ever really smarten up too much. You know, I'm still going to be hillbilly because I ain't going to be out there for 10 to 15 minutes and it's going to be time for Cowboy Scott Casey and Ron Bass to come out. Or, you know, or Coco Beware or Honky Tonk Man or Jesse the Body Ventura is going to go. It's, so we, the show, when the show came to town, I just wanted to do my little bit. And that was for the entertainment right. part of it come in. That's when I knew he was really taking it more towards shtick. Right. Then, then actual, you know, the the Johnny Valentine stuff. Then, you know, and the Terry oh, Funk stuff. The, the guys would do the, you know, so. And I was just lucky. I mean, guilty. <laughs> they say that first impressions go a long way, and I got to say this, man. Your debut. You remember this? He's a fan in the crowd. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How long did this happen? A couple of weeks, right? You're a fan in the crowd, and then all of a sudden, you're involved directly, and that place explodes. The whole deal is the whole deal. The whole the whole thought scheme is that the longer you cook some, the hotter it gets. It right? was awesome. So, so so they would they would take me to London, Ontario, or they take me to uh, uh, you know to, to to Grimsby or wherever I'm going to go to. I'd sit in the garden. They 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 let me buy a ticket. They get me a ticket. I go in the garden with a back. And they'd, and they'd always put the. They had me seated where they put the camera on me and, oh, gro- yeah. and Gorilla Monsoon and uh, and Lord Alfred, Lord Alfred Hayes got me. Look at that. Hillbilly there. I can't believe it. Yeah, he's a big one. He's a big WWF fan. He follows it all over the place. And I'd be out there just like I'd be twisting yeah. my hat. And, 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 and I'd be going around, you right. know, and I'd stay at the I'd stay at the different and it pissed me off. I'd stay at the I'd have to stay at the worst hotels because I couldn't see the good girls. The hotels I'd be staying at, the good looking girls weren't there. You know, the boys would be at the good hotels, right? Yeah. I'd be stuck, stuck off somewhere because they didn't want me too close to them. Because right. we were still kind of uh, you know, kayfabing a bit. Right. So that, that worked for several months and several months until finally uh, I was at TV taping, the TV taping in Poughkeepsie. And the deal went down when, uh, when, uh, when uh, Ken Patera and Big John Stubb with Bobby Heen, they were going to cut Hogan's hair. Right. And the people it turned on me and they said, I was up there and they said, get in there. Y'all want me to get in that cell? And it was my milk. And I jumped in there, and that's when that's when I started. The full mind. Nelson. Yeah. Right? Oh, I went that's nuts. better than the Father Nelson. You don't want to see that. Oh, my God. Hey, I, I might show it to you later if you had seen it. What? No, you Dude! Dudes! But anyway, it was. You like his hat, not mine. Listen, your hat's great. Listen, it was just fun, and, I, and it, it, was a, it was a big deal for me, but I learned a lot of time ago. Jay Strongbow said this too. He said, "You, you, 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 you." He said, he said "You, you, 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 you. You forget all that. You forget all that backdrops and all that damn slams and scoop slams and all." And he, that's what he said. He says, "You just, you just do you. You just do." Because you see, that's what he did when he wrestled as a as an Indian. Yeah. He just yeah. woo, woo, woo. No, he's a pretty, but, he's pretty technical genius. He could, he could wrestle. Oh, exactly right. Of what? Hey, oh, he, I've seen him. Uh, beat you mean that that you saw I've seen him beat up some buffets to death. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. and me too. But, but my my point is, I just wanted to get in there and do my part. That's what I was oh, yeah. supposed to do. And uh, well, you know, you and and, you and that and and really to tell you the truth, it's all about. You don't want to get over with the boys in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. The boys don't sign you a yeah, check. You want to get over with the fans. If the fans like you. You're over. All this, the guys used to always use that W-O-R-K. He can't work. He can't work. What does that mean? Yeah, Dusty does Rhodes never did that, but he sure could get over, couldn't he? Yes, right. Right. Fat boy, he can get saying, well. I'm just saying. You know. Right. So that, that's kind of where I was. And listen, I was just happy to be along with the ride and and, and to be around some. I, I got exposed to some of the greatest wrestlers in the whole history of the world. Andre, my buddy, and you know, wrestle with uh, you know Don Morocco and uh, you know uh, Cowboy Bob Orton, yeah, right. G- you know Junior, and uh, I mean you know I mean you mentioned Andre. You got any Andre stories? What, which one? What do you want? You to give hear? me your best Andre. <laughs> I, got, I got all. Put us over the top. Something outrageous. Come on, Hillbilly. Well, there, there, there's a lot of things. All right, the most outrageous of the outrageous. Well, there. Uh, there's a ton of things done. One time he and I got on an airplane the day after Christmas in Miami, Florida. We were going to Hare Arena in Dayton, Ohio, because we were working the, well, I was working this lovely match where I was making the most money I ever made in my life, and the match was like this. It was me and, me and Andre and Captain Lou Albano 
versus Big John Stud, King Kong, Bundy, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Nice. We took it to the oh, gardens, God. every gardens they had anywhere, L.A. form, everywhere. It was great. And I'd get in the ring, do my little, sh- and you know, Stud Bundy would beat the hell out of me because they knew as soon as I turned, t- 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 tagged the big man in, he's going to throw him around like rubber balls. And he would, <laughs> he'd beat the hell out of me. It was funny. But anyway, one morning we, we got up after that. It was on Christmas Day we did that. And nothing more depressing, brother, than being being in, be in Miami on Christmas Day. Old dudes walking around with cigars <laughs> and, you know, white socks up here. And it's 80 degrees. I'm from Kentucky. I want to see snow, right? right. <laughs> I don't see no snow. I have to leave my home for that. So, so anyway, we get up and we both go to the airport, U.S. Air. He makes me sit next to him. Now, I'm 315 at that time, whatever, and I'm sitting here on his hair, and he's sitting here, and he said, boss, let's have a drink. Okay. I look, okay. <laughs> Long story to the finish, we drank 56 bottles of that little bit of a little bit of drinks. We started out with the vodka. Right. From the time they started feeding us to the time it was over, and the girls were mortified. They said, y'all drank up everything. I had eight. Oh, my God. I drank eight, and I was shit-faced. He drank that many. And then he walked out into the snow, where the snow he had, and he was sweating, and he looked like a Yeti or some kind of. A, I mean, steam was coming over. I mean, everybody around him was like, "I said, if somebody scripted this uh, Spielberg, there would nobody believe it." I told the guys in the car, I seen it. I mean, I, I watched him do it. I drank, I drank eight, eight of them. I mean, he was, he was so big. His ring, his his finger was so big. He had a he had a ring that you could drop a silver dollar right through it. Oh, easy. Mm. How come you would never run the uh, the first WrestleMania card? I got the knee injury. Oh, okay. Oh, I was set so, to go out so, there. I got my kneecap. Uh, and you wouldn't work February with the 25th, 1985, I got my kneecap kicked right here. My kneecap went right here. Oui. I tore my left rectinella, my right rectinella, my patella tendon away from bone, and my medial collateral ligament all at once. Oui. It was like somebody taking a damn baseball bat. And that was a match of me and Hogan. Uh, it was Beefcake and, uh, and, and Johnny Valiant, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. at the San Diego uh, Sports Arena. And that put me. I was going to be. I was laying out there. In the, I was laying out there in the hospital while that was going on. I did was you been, know who you were scheduled to work with? No, I didn't know. Oh, no, okay. No, no, did you know you're missing a huge payday, though, right? I did know that. Oh, that sucks. <clears throat> I recognize game. Recognize game, right, That's brother? That's right. So they bring in. So they bring in the hill, other hillbillies, right? And well, Jimmy Hart and right? I, after I got hurt, went down. Mm-hmm. That's when they started bringing those in. It's when we brought in that cousin Junior. I called this guy named Cousin Lanny Kane. Who's the guy who kind of worked, broke me in with a Dale Mann, and I wanted to return a favor. I said, hey, cousin. I said, hey, man, I need somebody to come in and do it. He came in. He was a better hillbilly than you could ever be. I mean, barefooted. Right. He could do that mule kick and all that shit. We took him right out. He came right in, and I managed him. We were out at the um, Oakland Coliseum out there where, where all the Samoans were. Was lived. he Cousin Luke, right? No, 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 no. 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 This is way before Cousin. This was Cousin Junior. Junior. Okay. Lanny King. And he got over. And then he started going absolutely crazy. He got like ten or $15,000 and he went crazy. He went like, I, th- I guess he thought he was Zuckerberg rich or something. And anyway, that's when Jimmy come in with Uncle Elmer, Stan Frazier, right? And, and Cousin Luke come later. Right, Gene okay. Lewis. Gotcha. So I, th- I had a whole menagerie of hillbillies. It was great. <laughs> I got to manage them. And then once I got, once I got healed up, they all just they did they won't, that so that's why well how was your relationship with Elmer or Plowboy Frazier he was hard to deal with Jimmy loved him a lot I had a lot, I had a lot of hard time he was just he was just a carnival kind of guy hard guy to deal with uh, Cousin Junior of course I loved him and Luke I loved him but Elmer had his own thing I remember uh, Andre's story you know you know, Elmer was 6'9 430-40 pounds right yeah. he come to me and Bobby Heenan one time and he says uh, me and Bobby sitting there and he says Bobby and he's kind of shaking he said Bobby why don't Andre like me? <laughs> you know, he is, you know, 
doing you know, yeah, the, doing the stuff. He got that red. He went, I don't know. He said, how do you know he didn't like it? He said, because he told me so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Bobby said, well, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be you. But he went off. And we heard him be say you. that because, you know, because uh, Andre didn't like him. few guys Andre didn't like. He didn't like Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. He didn't like the Sheik. Macho. He didn't like. He didn't like he, well, it, 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 the boys were telling me he didn't like. He didn't like Macho much. I guess baby I oil. But baby oil. Hey, I asked him one time. I asked Andre one time. He'd been going to Japan wrestling giant Baba, and the giant Baba was talking some smack about Andre and Andre wrestling what? one time. Andre said to him, and I said, uh, I said, did you? Said you go back? He said, yeah, I wouldn't find it work for him. He said we had. Big match, he said. He tried to do some stuff. He said, I suplexed him. I said, what happened on that deal? He said, coma. I didn't put him in a coma. Coma. I said, well, good luck. Okay, talk to you later, Andre. Who didn't you like? Like? Yeah. Who did you want to rumble? Rumble your fellas. Actually, actually, they never bothered. No, no, I'll be honest with you. Even the guys that people didn't like. There were some guys that they got a lot of heat, like Adrian Donis. A lot of people didn't like Adrian. Oh, yeah, we've heard. But, you know, Adrian was great with me. And all I can do, guys, is go on how I'm treated. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You know, if if, if somebody's a heel to you, but they're a baby face to me, then I I ain't going to treat them bad. Well, they didn't want to treat you bad. Now, if I tell you that that, uh, that Scott Casey's a gorgeous hunk of little man, and you don't think he is, (laughs) don't kill my pipe dream, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Right, JJ? I'll tell you right now. (laughs) Did anyone treat you bad, though? Nobody really in the WWF tried to get in there and shoot on me or do anything. Now, Patterson, when I worked in, no, Patterson, Patterson was great. But now, when I worked in Memphis there early on, down in Memphis down there, some of them old boys in there tried that, you know, on me because I was kind of young and green. And, then, you know, they tried to make you, they had ways that they could make you look bad. And one time, Moondog Spot, God rest his soul, Larry Latham, remember he died? Uh, I wrestled him one night in some match somewhere, and Chief had him after the match over grilling him out real bad because apparently Strongbow, who was an agent, right. he'd saw him doing something in a match that was trying to make me look bad, which I didn't even get. I didn't give a shit because if I got beat or if I won, you know what I'm going to do? I ain't going to lay there like a piece of crap. If you beat me, I'm going to jump back up and say, doggone it. I'll do it again. And, they, and the people would come right back with me. Now, if you lay there like a sack of potatoes, then right. they're going to treat you like that. Right. So I never really had, that was my deal, man. I didn't want, listen, I I ain't taking this so serious to where I'm going to be in here and be mad at everybody. I, mean, I had other guys I like to work with better than other ones. And, I mean, if you want to know some of the best big guys I worked with, I loved working with James Harris, the Ugandan giant. Mm. Bundy was as fast for two steps as any big guy Bundy, I ever seen. Oh, I, he was fast. He was, he was just awesome. fast. He was he, he he was just sudden. I mean, I believe he could have if he could have if they could have uh, got him right, he probably might could have played football because his first step or two was real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, OMG, Big George Gray, one man gang. He was wonderful. Thoughts on Stud? Stud was good to me, but but uh, but I like John personally. But in the ring, there wasn't much we could do because our characters kind of kind of were limited. Oh, I never will forget the night I told the boys. Uh, Rockford, Illinois. I, I'd been downtown that day messing around. We came out of Chicago. And McGuire, I, I had a little match that night. I was going to do something. I don't know what the deal was. It was whoever it was. And just somebody I'd been working with. Maybe Dino Bravo or somebody. Anyway, I, I got to the show. And I was in there. I had my little coffee. My little action coffee. And I was tied up my boot. What's up, guys? How you, you know, doing? Andre come in. He said, hey, boss. I said, what's up? I said, what's up, brother? He says, you're working with me tonight. Cool. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> now, I've worked with him as his tag team partner, and that's great, but I know it could be a little dicey if you have to work him. And what had happened is John Studd had freaked out. John, sorry. John Studd had freaked out and had a mental breakdown because Andre was brutalizing him. And he had took off and was going to see psychiatrists, and I had to go in and work with Andre. Well, anybody knows the business. If you if you fill in for somebody, it means you got to go over them. You got to beat them. Really? Because, yeah. Well, I mean, if I fill in for if, look, if me and you are supposed to wrestle, right? And you can't make it, and they make brother there come, they would expect me to beat him. So you can't just let me do it because then people are gonna feel cheated. Right. So. I'd beat Andre. I I got to beat Andre ever. At the Nassau Coliseum, right? I beat him a lot of places. I beat uh, uh, one night. I was somewhere, and Dusty Rhodes couldn't show up, and I beat uh, I beat Andre in the same night, and went back out again and beat the one a, a big boss man. And wow. I told I told Bossman, I said I must be the toughest some bitch in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, because you see, I had to go over. But yeah. this, but 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 the thing with Andre, it's all how you do it to be a count out. You yeah. know, I get him a count, knock him out. You know, so but but. He that that was the thing with Andre. I, I never had no problem back to back to you talking about John. So John was good to me, and he was just uh, you know he just got on the wrong side of Andre. I, so Andre really did rough him up then. Oh huh? man. man, he would he would throw them big chops yeah. on him, and he would make and and he hurt him Wham. so bad. John would cover up, uh-huh. and that's the bad. You don't ever cover up, you know. He would cover up because he was really caving him in. You know? Oh my god! Who sent him to the psychiatrist? Vince? Andre Andre did. Andre, Andre said, well, I mean, he you just, need to go he, see doctor. No, he, no, he, he snapped. What he did is he, sna- he snapped out what we do. We'd call it cracking on the road. Crack. Like, well, did you hear what happened to the rotunda last night? He cracked. That means you'd crack and you'd leave. Oh, my Lord. Well, that's what you'd say. Oh, well, you I cracked it. That means you, you'd crack and you'd leave. You'd go home. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, picturing him going to the doctor. Well, I mean, I mean after me. you've been out there 45, 50 days or <laughs> yeah. something like that happens, you're, you know, you want to go home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And And so you just crack. And you go home, and then and then they let, the, the office would realize they were pushing you too far because you got to realize they were booking us three shows a night all across the country. Mm. They had three crews: the East Coast crew, West Coast crew, and the middle of the crew. And we were buttermilk going buttermilk crew, yeah, buttermilk run. And 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 it depends on where you were, but you'd be, you'd work a lot of days. So t- sometimes you'd go to um, TV and get your new booking sheet. And you wouldn't have no time off, and you just come off twenty eight days, mm. and you go right through to the next team. With no, and uh, you'd see guys almost, you'd see them just about ready to, to lose to, it. Yeah, they lose them. Yeah. It was brutal. But you know what? I, now that I did it, it don't seem like I did it mm. because it seems so distant ago and so far away. I'm happy I did it. I mean, but you can only do that when you're young. Yeah. There ain't nothing stronger, and I'll tell the audience out there, there ain't nothing stronger in nature than youth. Yeah. Believe me. Right. When you're sure. young, you close to being Superman as you're ever going to be, even right. you, Scott Casey. Agree. I like it when you wear them little tight Superman underwear. Thank you. Is you are killing you right now. Oh, my oh, God. Killing? It's a compliment. <laughs> Putting him over. Putting him over. Was it putting him under? Hillbilly, was there ever any talk about swerving the fans and kind of having you turn on Hogan at any point? They didn't ever thought no. about that. No, no, no. You don't mess with. No, you know what? And you know what? And, I, and I'm so damn glad I did because I didn't want to do that. Right. I, I just want. You were to happy see. being a face. I, I just want to be. I just listen. Listen. Right. You don't want to be an evil hillbilly. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, you know, I like it. The, the, wait a minute. The, what was it? The hills have eyes. They were evil hillbillies, weren't they? I can't surprise didn't have to have plastic surgery. Not me. Not me. Right. Oh, yeah. You were there during Randy Savage's prime, obviously. Oh, yeah. Like all that. Is there, 
Like, like, like Brother said over there, we were talking about earlier, I'm the one that got in from the South down there, and I'm the one that the, got the calling for Jimmy Hart. Uh, how, and how, when Jimmy came in, Jimmy brought in a lot of boys from the South. Yeah. He brought in Rick Rude, brought in Macho Man Randy Savage, Lewis right. came in. Uh, I think maybe even Nightheart might have come in through there, too. You know? how, how true are the rumors about Randy being very protective of Elizabeth? Oh, completely true. Thousand percent true. Yeah. Like TV dinners, 28 days, they're in the fridge, you're locked in. Locked Insanely in jealous. Back. Really? Insanely jealous. Of course, he knew me wow. because I'm from down there where he's from. And I knew him for forever down there when he when I used to run that ICW, him and his dad and his brother. Mm. And Bob Roop was down there, Cowboy Bob Orton, yep. you know, they were all. And uh, and I know, I've known Elizabeth, too. Elizabeth was from a little town called Frankfort, Kentucky, by way of Lexington. And... I used I never Ken Patera would, would, if he can remember this one night we were in Indianapolis and we just got in one afternoon and we just all got in the front of the hotel and you know Randy and Elizabeth were running around Randy was the champ the intercontinental champion and Elizabeth was the thing you know, everybody wanted to see Elizabeth so as we got ready to go into the building there uh, Ken was standing there and we were uh, getting ready to go in the hotel and I walked by Randy and I walked by Elizabeth and I say hey champ how you doing Randy Oh, I call her too. Oh, 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 I know where you're going, man. Elizabeth just, but he lo- he loved that with me because he knew that's how I was, right, you know. Right. Because you know, I'm saying, Elizabeth, you ain't fooling nobody. She's drawing this thing, baby. Everybody wants to see Elizabeth, mm-hmm. but but he was that way, you know. But I mean, you know, it's, hey, go figure. Here's a strange question: how, uh, the rock and wrestling cartoons. You get any scratch from them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I found that they paid me. I can't I can't say, Scott, that they didn't pay me for anything I ever did. They paid me for everything. It might not be what I want. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you something, boys. You guys and your listeners, check it out. Scott, I can't put my ass on national television. I can't put myself on USA Network. I can't make action figures That's out right. of myself. Yeah. I can't promote myself. I can't make records. Right. I've got gold records at home right. for things that we've did. JJ knows, and we'll probably do something like that here in a minute. Maybe sing a song That's that JJ I'm wants about. to. Yes. If, yes. Mer- if I can get old Merle JJ to sing with me. But look here, I can't do this myself. In other words, they've got to recoup their money. I ain't mad for somebody recouping their money, but I found out it's like the old deal. If they gave you thousands, they probably made hundreds of thousands. If they gave you 10,000, sure. But you know what? I go back to what I said. I can't do it myself. Right. That's right. Wouldn't have been there without Get out here and try to buy yourself some national television time. Right. Listen, I've had a job for Sirius XM Radio for 15 years. I've got my own show, Hillbilly Jim's Moonshine Matinee. Little Stephen Van Zandt's my job. I didn't get that because I'm Jim Morris. I got it because I'm Hillbilly Jim. That's right. If it weren't for this business. So you ain't going to get me to say anything bad about this business. Now, some of it I think is horseshit, like everything is. Sure. But that was the way it was before, too. But I'm going to say this. I, now, if I'm going to sit up here and do something, then I'm going to put it down, but I'm still doing it. What kind of fool does that make me? Mm-hmm. If I don't like it, just quit it. Mm. <laughs> Right. You're right. Now, that's just my deal. Now, right. now listen, it'd be nice if we got all rainbows and moonbeams and Jimi Hendrix came back and somebody gave Not me beams. a big merchandising check, you know, little wing. We could do that, too, you know. But, but, but what I'm saying is, it just is what it is. You know, I was just lucky and born in the right time. And I get to see. That's the reason I, I'm up, up to see you guys this weekend. I want to thank everybody that brought me up. Uh, my, my man over there, thank you for bringing me up here. We might talk about him a little bit more. Nick Massey. Nick Massey, brother Nick Massey. Captain and he's got, and, and he's go. got his other brother with him, Nick, too. So if he, you know, I said, you know, 
I thought they were only hillbillies in Kentucky. You got two brothers named the same almost. <laughs> That's dueling banjo stuff. Oh but but I, I mainly just come up here to see Scott. I want to come up and be, hang out with Scott. And, and, and thank you guys for letting me come over and hang out with you guys. No, but you I, don't come out, I don't come out and do these often. I don't enjoy it as much as I did. Mm. Once I get her, it's fine. But it's 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 too hell and high water to right. get here all the time because mm-hmm. you know how it is to travel. Yeah. And and I'm not in a situation where I need to do it. Now, if I need to do it, it'd be different. But this is kind of a test on me. I ain't been out in a while for some health things I had to go through. But I'm feeling much better. It's, and this weekend so far, it's starting out good. We're going to do a couple appearances. And we got a book signing. Do Scott's got a mm-hmm. new book out. Uh, what's the name of that new book? The Last Ride? The Last Ride. The Last Ride. And I got a book out I had out last year. But, you know. And then J.J. McGuire's got his book, right? Oh, My the J.J. The Ma- oh. We'll be selling these books at the big event, which you both are The master tomorrow. prevaricator of all. Hey, are we going to sing a song? Why don't you play it and sing it? Well, 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 give me a song. Well, no, can we get him up there with you right I'd love to come over. All right, so let's let's get him set up. Set me up there, boys. Hey, uh, we'll talk some more if you want to. I don't, I don't want to kill all your time. Hey, you're good, man. We got you set up like this. I got to see that, hat, that thing. You need some rhinestones in there, man. man some Dr. Stop. John Feathers. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What well, about He's this right over the top? <laughs> Dr. John Feathers? We got a microphone. All right. <laughs> so what, what do you think well, we're going to be playing there, JJ? Well, well, I can do anything you want to. Jay, what do you want to do? I'm going to watch you. You want you want to play one with me? JJ, you got to be playing. You got to get up there, brother. You got to get up there too, bro. Hillbilly's the stars. Oh, we're all we're all we're all in stars only in the skies, boys. Except for you, brother. You might be a star. What do you want me to sit right here? Can you hear me here? Can you hear you? Can you hear you? Are you good? I'll sing the chorus with you. That's what I'm What are we going to sing? You're going to do your song. Hit it! Don't go to shoot my old lady. <laughs> Caught her hanging out with those boys in Long Island. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Nice tea. We'll do a little, uh, you want to do the, you will do the country boy song? Yeah, go ahead. This is the one that I did, they played all, everybody knows it's the one they played in all the arenas you go in. It was kind of an up-tempo thing. The lady that wrote this song's name is Marshall Chapman. And the story on this is uh, some people from the WWE offices called down to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and they and they, they called into this one particular guy's office. I think it was like Shel Silverstein, and they said, "We got this wrestling guy who needs some music, some ring music. He's a country boy, kind of an up tempo thing, and we need you to write something." And Shel Silverstein said, "Well." About that time, Marshall Chapman, the lady, opened the door and just walked in. She's one right. He said, "I've got the person that's going to write it right here now." She didn't know what the hell he said because she told me the story about her writing it, about the about the don't know messing with a country boy song. Don't go messing with a country boy, country boy, country boy. Don't go messing with a country boy. Don't mess with a country boy. When I was a little bitty boy, baby. Cut my teeth on a big old tree. Mama filled my bottle from my moonshine still. My first meal was a bash and kill. My 
bear she killed, a bear she killed. My first meal was a bear she killed. Well, I grew and I grew, and by the time I was ten, I was six feet tall and a man among men. Love my work and I love my play. Hate the fool that'll get my way. Get my way, get my way. Hate the fool that'll get my way. Come on, Jay. Don't go messing with a country boy, country boy, country boy. Don't go messing with a country boy, don't mess with a country boy. Don't go messing with a country boy, country boy, country boy. Don't go messing with a country boy, don't mess with a country boy. Country boy, country boy, don't go messing with a country boy. How about that? <laughs> right, you give us one more and we'll give out? you one more. I, I'll let it be. The, I'll let it be the light. What do y'all want? Y'all want some country? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, we can, we can, we can do that too. We don't know, don't we, Jay? Here's what we're gonna do that I love so much, and I, I told this guy I had him on my radio show one time, and I said, brother. To me, you were the greatest guitar players I ever knew because we used to get them in the garage. He said, oh, I couldn't play at all. I said, BS. I said, you had some of the best riffs in all of rock and roll. And he, well. There's a man who needs a life a day. But every move he makes, he stays a stranger. Now every road he takes, another chance he takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Sing it if you know it. Secret Asia man, Secret Asia man. They're giving you a number, taking away your name. Cruising on the river one day. Sleeping in the Bombay out of the next day. Be careful what you do. Don't let the wrong words slip. Odds are you won't get to see tomorrow. Secret Asian man, secret Asian man. They're giving you a number, taking away your name. this one. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, I hear that train coming, rolling around the bend. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when, cause I'm stuck in the falls of Time keeps dragging on, and that train keeps on rolling on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby, Mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot that man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that lonesome whistle, I hang my head and I. We're gonna finish it up now. Well, if they free me from this prison, if that railroad train was mine. Then I'd move it on a little farther down the line, far from Folsom Prison. That's where I want to stay. And I'd let that lonesome whistle 
blow my blues away Stephen Miller, Captain's Corner, Bart Griggs, Wisteria Hall, my partner, Jimmy Farrow, J.J. McGuire, and the guest of honor, <laughs> Hall of Famer, Hillbilly Jim. Thank you all. Thank you. My pleasure. We'll catch you tomorrow at the big event in New York where we'll all be there. And you can catch Monty and Farrow every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9 p.m. on Channel 115. And catch us every Thursday here from Village Connection Radio, 8.05 to 9 p.m. We'll see you next Thursday. Later. Long Island. Uh-huh.